All right, this is a continuation of our multi-part series with Hernandez. Today, we're going to be talking about deals and realtors. And you should be thinking about this in terms of how you can look at deals and then ideally find a realtor that will help you find and assess deals yourself. Welcome to the Be Free RE podcast, where you learn how to make your job optional. I'm your host, John, who's just getting started on his journey. But in the last year, I moved across the country, bought four apartments, make money as a landlord, no longer pay rent, and I have my first child. I'm joined by your co-host and my guide, Tony Angotti, who in five years quit his job and now manages over 80 units through a combination of house hacks, flips, and partnerships. So with that, let's jump into how you can do less of what you have to do and more of what you want to do. Yeah. So then like deal wise, what are you looking at? So let's talk about like numbers. Like what are you, tell me when you buy a house, what you think. So, it's look so, like. okay, so, can we actually walk through? So, Hernandez actually shot me a house on Redfin. And can we just kind of talk about it a little bit? I think this is exactly what he was looking at. Cool. Yeah. That sounds great. All right. So, Hernandez sent me Hit this me place. up with that Addy. Yeah. It sent me 12230 <sighs> Freeman Avenue. And this is in Hawthorne, California. Okay. And this is. Brought to you courtesy of who's going to get our free plug? Who's the agent? I don't know. Uh, uh someone not listed <laughs> well that's not good oh uh, too bad for you yeah so this is a three bed one and a half bath it's going for six hundred and thirty five thousand right now uh bertha padilla with <laughs> what a name uh camino realty looks uh, like a nice place sorry john cut you off i just no, wanted to no. give them credit i'm just you know i'm like uh painting a visual picture here for the listeners so been on been on Redfin for about fifty three days, and uh, you know we're just kind of walking through the pictures here. There's forty pictures, um, and uh, and nice place, and it's a nice place. There's uh, you know all the walls are kind of that nice new gray. Uh, the pictures are well taken. Uh, kind of have a new bathroom vanity, new trim that's white, craftsman molding, flooring. Weird choice and. Weird choice in some brown tile in the one bathroom, yeah, but yeah, absolutely. Yolo. I can live with that though. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be your bathroom. The, the oh Airbnb people will get the other one. I'll take it. The other thing is that they list it as 1.5 bathrooms, but the 0.5 bathroom has a shower apparently. It's more yeah, like so two bathrooms. Two, yeah. Yeah. So in the back, there's. I mean, I would call it like a flat roof shed, basically. Um, you know, maybe, maybe maybe you can fit like a Fiat 500 in one of those things, but you're not going to get... Hernandez is calling it the Airbnb apartment. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's more like a little shack. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it looks really nice. So Hernandez was asking me what I thought about this. Um, You know, I'm going to build an ADU on on the shack, uh, on the standalone garage, you know, kind of what are the thoughts here? So, you know, kind of, I don't think we can really zoom out on the Hawthorne market too much, but in general, the the house is about a thousand square foot. It's it's on the smaller side. Um, and I guess Tony, what are your gut reactions? Because I've kind of already given them to Hernandez, and we'll see if uh, we're sort of on the same page. Um, this says the average price for North Hawthorne is six oh one. So first thing is that you're paying a premium for the work to already be done. Looks like there's solar panels. Are there solar panels? Yeah, house has solar. So that's kind of cool. Um, where's the? Did we see a rent estimate anywhere? 
Let me type this in the good old Rentometer. Fill time, John, with a nice song. All right. Uh, so Rentometer Hernandez is a website you go to, and you basically just bang in your property address, and it'll shoot out uh, rough rent estimates. So you can get a, you know, Zillow kind of provides like the free version of this. It's a little less trustworthy. Whereas I believe Rentometer scrapes the data off Zillow and a couple of the other websites, and it actually looks and sees what got rented. So what came off the market and what price was it listed at? <laughs> so you, you just have a little more confidence in what's actually going on. So it's actually saying that a three-bedroom rent there average is $3,100 a month. Sounds about right. So actually, this is pretty decent off the bat because the way that this is looks, I mean you're not really going to have much expense as far as repairs and improve like big things that would come up. So, you know, you don't have to worry about that as much. We're still going to have savings set aside like we talked about in case it happens, but it's still, you know, it doesn't seem like it'd be that bad. And then you've got what Zillow says your mortgage payment, because I don't know the taxes and stuff there. Zillow says you'd be at twenty six seventy four a month. So like, even if you moved out of this place and kept it as a rental for California, you're sitting pretty good. I mean, you would probably cover your month-to-month expenses because your tenant's going to pay your utilities if you move out. Um, all these other expenses are paid, and then you're still going to have what, like, three hundred, four hundred bucks left over for repairs and stuff. So, seems like a pretty solid deal to me. Just glancing at it without digging into it. And to be super honest, and that my that's very specific to my situation, but like for instance, this the fact that the house is already renovated, uh, at least the inside and painted outside. Uh, I think my wife would love to live there, and I would love to live there. Is just that uh, you feel like it feels like a missed opportunity because I got this house a little bit later. You know what I mean? Like if I maybe I should stay in the market and wait until something that comes, you know, that is similar to that but it's not yet renovated that's kind of how i'm feeling right now about this because yeah it sounds great and, and on top of that uh Rhodes jarn is right about the shack as the garage i can't make a guest house out of that so i'm just <laughs> wondering like all right it's a deal that i could make some money and it would probably be, it definitely it's better than keep renting an apartment in santa monica but you know should i stick around a little longer and see if i can find what i actually want you know yeah, maybe. If you're just analyzing this as a deal, though, it seems solid, right? I don't, what do Airbnb rents go for around there? Let's see. Anybody know? I don't Bueller? know. Bueller? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. Let's don't see. Know. Hawthorne, California. Check in. Then check out. One week later. Adults 2. Search. Looks like you can get a studio for $64 a night right now. So like a, a room for $64 a night, basically. So how about like so a you, whole house? Uh, looks computer. like, looks like for something similar looking like one fifty a night. Yeah. That sounds about right. So you'd be at what time? What is a fair occupancy rate? Like I see, I'm not obviously don't Airbnb there. So I've got no clue. But let's say you're occupied 50% of the time, which maybe that's realistic. I don't know. Uh, that's twenty two fifty a month while you're living there. So if you, I guess you're not renting the whole house. So let's call it a hundred dollars. So that's that's fifteen hundred dollars a month. So you're only paying a thousand bucks to live then if you if you Airbnb it half the month. Yeah. So a house like this for your market seems decent actually. Yeah. But what about appreciation though? 
again, I, I mean, I'm not an agent in your area, like in that area. So I don't well, really. What would you look into? Like, right. Maybe, you know, there's a couple okay schools close by. And, uh, I guess, you know, you, if you look at the graph on Redfin in the last five years, it did appreciate a ton. I, I mean, so here's like, here's the deal with this house, right? It sold in 1996 for $74,000. And in 2021, it's $600,000. And then there's another point here in 2002. In 2002, it was one ninety five, And then it, you know, it's gone up since then. And then in October 2020 is when it sold to probably the person who fixed it up. It sold for four eighty. So, I mean, the area seems to be, you know, even though some of those data points just on this house are old, like that's pretty sweet growth for the area. And I'm just looking at this Zillow chart. Uh, It's been trending up since 2012. This is the, the kind of thing where like maybe that's the next thing we need to talk about is you finding like a realtor. Right. Because that kind of information, I mean, you really need to have a realtor kind of guide you there that's familiar with the area so so yeah that's a, that's another problem that i have right because it's like the realtor that i'm using right now he you know i met him for redfin so it's mm-hmm. kind of like i don't know any also i have no criteria to compare maybe if i get one on zillow and then i'll just compare it to you it would be a greater strategy but i feel like there is a better way to approach this <laughs> Well, the better way to approach this, so not going to trash on Redfin agents because I do get referrals from Redfin, but it is a little bit luck. It is a little bit luck of the draw. Um, you just kind of get whoever accepts your lead. Like me being signed up for Redfin, it hits me up with a text message and it says like, "Hey, here's this person looking in this area. Do you want to go show this house today?" And as an experienced agent, the vast majority of the days, I don't really feel like it, so I'm not saying yes. <laughs> so most of most of the people that are saying yes, there are a few agents that that's like their game. That's what they do. They sell a lot of houses. That's their plan. But a lot of the agents that are on those programs are like newer, which is good because they can be hungry. Like, you know, they want to work hard, that sort of thing. But not really always the most experienced people. Um, just luck of the draw. So your best pl- bet of finding a realtor is to go online. Like if you don't have personal recommendations, so if you don't know anybody in the area, you're going to want to go online and um, search like the online reviews and then just call a couple people, see what they're about and look them up, look up their sales history in whatever area you're looking. So like if you're looking in Hawthorne, you should look at agents that have a lot of sales in Hawthorne, not like anywhere. Or because you're interested in an investment type model, you should find somebody that's like they're in, they have investment properties, they invest themselves, they're familiar with that. So... The other route that, uh, well, for you, that's probably what you're going to do. But like for me, when I have friends and family that move out of state, like I'll interview agents for them and then say like, hey, here, you know, here's what I found with these people. I'm going to refer you to one of them. And then on my end, like that's nice because I make a referral fee, right? But then on their end, the thing that's nice is that they had somebody who knows what they're doing, select the person to help them and it costs nothing to them. So if you have somebody like if one of your family members or friends or colleagues or whatever is an agent, even somewhere else that they can't help you, it might be useful to have them help you find someone um, because they'll know the questions to ask. I mean, like as an agent, I know what questions to ask other agents because it's 
pretty obvious which ones suck and which ones don't for me at least. Um, but on your own, the online reviews are useful and then sales history in the area that you're looking. But don't just go with whatever random agent you get assigned from Zillow or Redfin or whatever. That's not... Where do the... I find their online reviews? Like, Is that like a place, a website that I... Um, let's say you're looking in Hawthorne. So you would go... Like Zillow is a big one where people keep their reviews. And you could just hit looking for pros, click real estate agents. Now, Zillow, you like pay for placement. So don't just like look at the top people because you pay to be up there. It's like a stupid game. But you could um, you could just start there and then you would type in location and you would type in wherever you're looking. And then you can um, click uh, like the services needed and then it'll give you all the people in the areas. And there used to be a place where you would sort and you could sort by rating, but they may have taken that away. So now you just... Um, you, I would prioritize just the number of reviews. So like the stars are kind of arbitrary. I always say like getting five stars as an agent is great, but it's not like you're a restaurant where people go to plenty of restaurants all the time and like they can actually compare you to something. When agents get reviews, it's like that person's the only agent that customer worked with in most cases. <laughs> so unless they did like an absolutely terrible job, they'll probably get five stars. So I usually prioritize like the number of reviews. So like there's this guy in Hawthorne, Scott Nickel, for instance, he came up on Zillow. He has 70 total reviews, all five, like all five stars. And then, um, you know, it says he has, he has a group though. So he has a team. So that, that's good. You know, I think that's good as long as he's still involved, like as, assuming that somebody doesn't like just turn you over to their team member and then never talk yeah, to you again or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But like I run a team and I know that for me, I like stay involved and the team member does a lot of the legwork. That's fine because you get the availability of the less experienced agent, but you also still get the experience of the more experienced agent. So that's like a useful way to look at it. And that guy, for instance, this random dude, Scott nickel that I found, he has like a, a bunch of sales in, uh el segundo and then a bunch of other sales in hawthorne so like i mean seems like he has some local knowledge there that would be useful i didn't even know you could find out where the guy sold the deals that's yeah very good. on their, if, if you click on their agent profile it'll have their there's their uh like little dots on the map of where they sold stuff but you know there's two things that you're going to look for one is location experience and then two is going to be like the type of experience that you're looking for. So even if somebody doesn't have a lot of location experience, they might still be worth looking or working with if they have experience with the type of property that you're going for. Like you're looking for an investment property, something like that. Like they maybe they're good with that. And then or someone that has converted a garage and then ADU or something. Yeah. Or had customers that did it that has some experience with that or whatever. And then additionally, even more important than both those things is just your comfort with the fit. Like just that you interview them and that you feel comfortable with with them. That's you know the trust factor is more important than any of the other stuff, really. Yeah, very cool. And then those questions that you kind of asked us earlier, like you know, what's like a reasonable cash flow on a house, or how much should I expect to go in, or Airbnb? You know, your your agent should understand the market and uh, be able to provide you like pretty solid evidence of their answers. 
right? So rather than just telling you, they should be able to explain why and uh, they'll, they'll give you the what and the why, which is always comforting too. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I remember, uh, and for a house like this, maybe I could do both, right? The house that we're looking at, uh, should I be doing 15-year financing or 30-year financing? Like, does it make it? Does it ever make sense to make a 15-year financing for what I want to accomplish? Um, personal finance is personal. That's what they say. So, like, I'm sure there are situations that 15 years could make sense. I think that you usually get like a slightly better rate when you do 15 years. Yeah. Um, but I always defer to just the 30 years, and if you really want to pay it off faster, then make extra payments. But it's nice to be able to fall back on that lower payment if you run into financial difficulties or whatever. Yeah, and I, I completely agree. Um, but you know, uh, I see no reason to you know if you were going to do that, I would do like an ARM or something even riskier than a fifteen year. You know, I would go into like a, a variable loan product. But you know, it, it's hard to beat the thirty year mortgage, man. I mean, it's incredible. They don't even offer that product in other countries. It's like a thirty year loan is unbelievable. So, and especially what you're trying to do. I mean, if you believe that housing will continue to go up in California, you want to use that leverage uh, as well, you know. So, it's uh, it's tough to Yeah, be. that's I that's the advantage to buying real estate right now is the interest rate being low and the fact that you can lock it in for 30 years. Like the market's hot, it's a seller's market, the prices aren't cheap, all those things, those are all disadvantages, but the interest rates are so low compared to where they've been in history that it's like that's your that's your advantage right now. There's always an advantage to buying real estate and presently that's what it is. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Uh, is there anything that I should be aware of in this property that you think uh, could be considered a red flag? Like, cause I like the opportunity that the big lot has, like I could build a full guest house there if I was that eager to build something. Right. Uh, but like, what about like if I think about the area and I know you don't have experience in Hawthorne, but like what are the things that I should be looking at? Like should I be looking at schools? Should I be looking at companies that are getting there? Like what is what is a risk and what is an opportunity when I'm looking when I'm considering an area to invest? All of those things are important. Um again, this is where getting some like local market knowledge you really need to do um from like a local realtor. But generally speaking, I mean you just want to get an area that's on an upward trajectory even somewhat like it could be anything it could be schools it could just be desirability it could be jobs it could be anything just a slightly upward mobility um you just don't want stuff that's on the downtrend you don't want like things where toxic waste dump is being built in the backyard there's a plan for a highway to go right behind it or like dumb stuff like that but generally speaking i mean you know what would make you move to an area Right. So like, just think about yourself. I mean, is it somewhere you would want to live? Is it somewhere that that long term, you could see yourself staying in that sort of thing? Like, that's the first concept. And then after that, it's just sort of stuff that has a, an upward trend for whatever reason. It, it doesn't need to be like a place that's going to explode in value. Because if anyone ever tells you they know the next place that's going to explode in value, I would run in the opposite direction because they don't. It's like, there's different indicators and stuff, but trying to pick the next place that's like the next big thing before everyone else knows it's the next big thing is like in, very rare. Yeah, <laughs> that's a stock market. Yeah, fallacy. Yeah. So I usually just look at like what's a solid area that's been 
solid and continues to remain so whether it's the schools or the public transit's easy jobs are nearby whatever it is it doesn't matter just as long as the area has something going for it that's number one and then a lot and then once you pick a realtor to work with you can uh ask them about like some market history of areas just questions like hey you know has the market been improving in this area like they can look up the stats for you if they don't know them just inherently by doing their job because most people have a most realtors should have a general idea of the neighborhoods that are at least holding value decently right and do i have to always i mean and that's a silly question and i think i'm a little bit past that but just to make sure i cover for it should i really always own the land like i guess the extreme of that is is it stupid to buy an apartment you know what i mean what should I always buy? <laughs> buy <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, this got a little confusing. Should I always buy uh, the land, like buying a house, you know, with He's in a lot? About, how do you feel about condos? Oh, well, yeah, I mean, whatever. It's like the same thing. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's the house or the condo or whatever, as long as you, if you're looking at rentals, as long as there are no rules against renting out a condo. Um, Maybe that's even a good thing for you because like then you don't have to worry as much about exterior maintenance and stuff other than your your HOA fees can always go up. I don't like condos because somebody else, some mysterious HOA association has control over your life more than they should. And like, I don't like things having control over my life so that I don't control. Um, Big brother, I guess. HOA is just like little brother that's still older than you. Um, <laughs> so there's that. But uh, yeah, I don't love HOAs for that reason. But if you really want to get into a condo, I mean, it's the same concept. You still own the place. Unless you're talking... Initially, when you mentioned that, I didn't know if you were talking about that weird like Airbnb arbitrage or subleasing arbitrage that people talk about where like they rent an apartment. And then they rent it out to someone else and they do this like whole scheme and it's this whole thing. And at the end of the day, they make $40 a month on each place that they rent. And it's like, not trying to do that. That's just <laughs> a lot of, uh, it's cool for some people, but it's just a lot of work, it sounds like. And but I I'm guess not, in terms of appreciation, really about do, you that. Think, do you think in terms of appreciation, you would, you would. That's a question for your, for your person. Okay, so I it would depend, it would depend on the area, it would depend on everything. Yeah. Do condos sell well? Like. I don't know. I mean, in Pittsburgh, for instance, where I am, like downtown condos were cool for a little bit here and then COVID happened and then the restaurants started shutting down and now they're like not as cool. And plus, most people that grow up in Pittsburgh, like grow up in a regular house. So when they get older, they want to buy a regular house. But whenever you're in an area where maybe there's more condos, like plenty of people grow up in a a condo. So they want the same thing. They want the low maintenance. They want whatever it is. It's like super area market dependent. That's where you need like a local, a local person to guide you. Very cool. Okay. Thanks again for tuning into this third part of the multi-part series. Uh, there'll be another uh, part on this where Hernandez asks some very direct Q and a next.